John writes, Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I'd go to prepare a place for you? And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, that where I am you may be also. And you know the way to where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father, and it is enough for us. And Jesus said to him, Have I been with you so long, and you still do not know me, Philip? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, Show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority. But the Father who dwells in me does his works. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Or else believe on account of the works themselves. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do, and greater works than these will he do, because I am doing to the Father, I am going to the Father. Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. The word of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Oh, please be seated. I probably shouldn't have made bulletins today because when I get out of order now, you know. <laughs> uh, if you haven't figured out, I'm kind of fly by the seat of my pants, but we'll get her done, right? So... Today's sermon on the Gospel of John. Dear Saints, when John introduces the events of Monday, Thursday evening, he tells us that Jesus loved his own who were in the world. John clearly sees two groups of people in the world, those who belong to Jesus and the rest of humanity. The same distinction appears throughout the record of Jesus' comments and prayer that evening. Jesus' predictions troubled the disciples, so he spoke to calm their fears. He encouraged them to continue to believe in God and in his Son, to believe and to live. For those who believe, God's promise is eternal. Jesus was on the road to glory for him and for us. Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. 
If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, that where I am going you may also go, and you know the way to where I am going. Jesus pictured a house, his father's house, with many rooms. He was leaving the disciples in order to prepare a place for them in the father's house. Furthermore, he would come back and take them to a place he had prepared so they would be together again. Then he added, you know the way to the place where I am going. We can understand Jesus's meaning by remembering what he was about to do. Namely, to die on the cross and to raise from the dead. Human beings by nature have no place in God's house because sin has barred the way. But Jesus's death would come to atone for sins and prepare the room. His resurrection would signal that all was ready. All Jesus's disciples have a place waiting for them with the Father. Jesus comes by his word to invite us in. He will return at the second coming to welcome us home. Those disciples knew the way. Jesus had been showing them for three years. But they were slow to catch on. As often, we are as well. The scripture continues. Thomas said to them, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to, to me, to the Father, except through me. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. For now on, you do know him and have seen him. Thomas, devo devoted but slow to understand, was perplexed. How could they know the way when they didn't even know the place? He missed the spiritual impact of Jesus' words. But Jesus teaches his disciples patiently, telling them everything we need to know, doing all we need for our salvation. He answered Thomas with another I am statement. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Everything of God has its source in Christ and is reached through Christ. I am the way. As Jesus had just said to the disciples, we must keep on trusting in him. We approach the Father through Jesus. I am the truth. We can trust Jesus because all that is real and true is found in him. He is God, the word. And through his word, he reveals his salvation. I am the life. Jesus is the source of physical and spiritual life. Whoever believes in him has eternal life. This teaching is exclusive. What a contrast to the popular teaching that says all religions reach God. 
but just follow a different path. You have your truth, and I'll have mine. God teaches that there are no other paths, no other truths. No one comes to the Father except through Jesus. Anyone ever lost in the forest or other wilderness knows that taking the wrong path makes a person even more helplessly lost. So it is with the spiritually lost. Only one way leads to safety, to salvation, and that's Jesus. To know the Son is to know the Father. With Jesus' suffering, death, and resurrection, the view comes into focus. The disciples should have known, but they often couldn't see past their earthly limitations. Jesus' work of redemption would clear the air. Does this mean that God loved only those who believed in Jesus and hated the rest of humanity? By no means. Even though in John's gospel, the world and the ruler of this world designate God's human and demonic enemies, God loved the world so much that he willingly paid the cost of salvation and gave his only begotten son. John 3.16 Jesus did not come primarily to judge the world, but to save it. For this reason, Jesus established his church that the gospel might go into all parts of the world for the purpose of salvation. Now, to the ancient peoples, the gods acted much like modern-day organized crime. You did your religious duty to keep them off your back or out of your lives or to entice them to maybe do a favor for you. Judaism's message to the world that there is one and only one God ran counter to religious thought across the world. Christianity struggled alongside Judaism because it proclaimed a similar message. The God who reveals himself in the Holy Scriptures is the only real God in the world. Then Philip said to them, Lord, show us the Father and it is enough for us. Jesus said to him, Have I been with you so long, and you still do not know me, Philip? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, Show us the Father? The words that I say to you do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does his works. Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me or else believe on account of the works themselves. All the disciples were struggling to understand. Philip had offered what seemed a logical solution. Jesus could simply show the Father to them. Apparently he felt Jesus could have God the Father make some kind of a special appearance. But that solution begged the question, the disciples would know the Father if they knew the Son. Instead, they were struggling with some of the same issues as the unbelieving Jews. But they did not approach the problem from a position of unbelief and hardened hearts 
as those Jews did. Jesus called Philip. Don't you know me, Philip? Even after I have been around you for such a long time? Then he stated the simple truth. Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. Philip needed only to open his eyes and to see what was standing right in front of him. Jesus emphasized the truth of his unique oneness with the Father, as he had done another time to the Jewish leaders. Jesus was never separated from the Father. He was in the Father, and the Father was within him. The Father was speaking through the Son. The Father was working through the Son. Jesus did and said nothing that didn't further God's plan for salvation. This one God has provided one and only one way of salvation throughout all the ages. Only by trusting and living in God can any human being receive salvation. Not all religions lead to the true God. In fact, Jesus makes the claim that he and only he can lead us to God. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Church teachers sometimes call this the scandal of particularity. In the original language of the New Testament, the word scandal refers to the trigger of a fatal trap. Particularity means uniqueness. A claim to being the only thing of its kind in the world. Christians went out into the world with the scandalous message that Jesus saves people from their sins. They did not preach that Jesus was a way of salvation or that he was one option among many. Only Jesus, true God and true man, could lead people to the love of God the Father. Outside of faith in Jesus, no one would have God's love, grace, or forgiveness. Apart from the personal faith in Jesus, no one in the world thought all, world thought all history could be saved. This created a stumbling block for early Christians because it meant they could not worship the gods of their neighbors. They could not worship Caesar, therefore were labeled atheists by their pagan neighbors. Even some of their Jewish brothers and sisters persecuted and killed them, martyrs, thinking God wanted them to eradicate these Christians. What does this mean for us? It means that we have the most important mission on earth. We share the good news of Jesus Christ with the world. We have the only cure for the eternal illness that infects every human being on the face of this planet. Only through faith in Jesus Christ can any human being in any place on earth receive God's love, forgiveness of sins, and eternal life. We have the Great Commission to teach all nations a matter of eternal life and death. As you gather with fellow believers 
Rejoice that God has made you a partaker of his blessings in Christ. You are one of his own. Just as sure as Jesus handpicked all of the apostles, God makes you his own through his only begotten son. Keep on believing in me and I tell you that the Father and I are one. Jesus told his disciples, or else believe because of the works. Jesus reaches our hearts with his words. And he points to his works as evidence that his words are true. Truly, truly, amen, amen. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do. And greater works than these will he do. Because I am going to the Father. Whatever you ask in my name, then I will do. That the Father may be glorified in his Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. Again, emphasizing the solemn truth of his words, Jesus added a startling truth for anyone who continued to believe in him. That a person would do the works he saw Jesus doing, and he would do greater works than those. The works Jesus mentions were first the works he did in the physical realm. Miracles such as healing the sick, feeding the poor, giving sight to the blind. The disciples, by Jesus' power, did similar miracles while establishing the early church. Those miracles, however, decreased as the need for them to substantiate the word decreased. But the greater works were the miracles in the spiritual realm, such as the conversion of the Gentiles. By the power of Jesus' gospel, every believer in Jesus can have a part in changing hearts from sinners to saints, in giving eternal life to the spiritually dead, in opening heaven to lost souls. To this day, we can do those works all around this world. God in his grace uses us for that purpose. Jesus is near to all who believe. He is, so to speak, but a prayer call away. Jesus said and repeated, anything you ask in my name, I will do. The promise is absolute. It covers whatever the believer asks. And it carries Jesus' assurance. I will do it. We can depend on that promise to this day. Two phrases from Jesus' will help us understand how to claim this promise. The prayer must be in Jesus' name. And the fulfilled prayer must bring glory to the Father through Jesus. If what we ask for would not bring glory to the Father, we cannot expect to get it. When we pray in Jesus' name, we trust implicitly that he knows that it is best for us. His will be done. We pray in faith and according to that will, and we know the answers of our prayers. Thy will be done, not my will, but his will. 
for the peace of God which surpasses all understanding. Guard your hearts and your minds in Jesus Christ our Lord.